Thank you for joining us for today's message. We are always so encouraged to hear how God is using Adventure Church to speak into your life. If you would like to support Adventure Church financially, you can do so online and help us bring messages just like this one to you each and every week. Now let's prepare our hearts to hear a word from God. Come on, can we give God a hand and some praise for what he's doing? Uh, it truly is very humbling for me to see uh, where we've come from and what God has done. Uh, he has exceeded all of my expectations. There's a scripture where God says that he will do exceedingly more uh, than you ever thought or imagined when you really just fully surrender your life and his plan to him. And what's happened at Adventure Church has been nothing short of amazing and miraculous with God. You know, we always say here that we count people because people count. And that every number has a name, that every name uh, has a story, and every story matters to God. And since we started this church, we've seen 679 people who have said yes to Jesus and who have committed their life to him. It's amazing. We've grown from a church of about 75 people, and you saw in those pictures when we were uh, just meeting together in a room uh, at the conference center here down the road, and uh, we had about 75 people with kids and everyone, and now we have over 1,100 active people who attend our church and call this place their home. We've seen over 3,500 first-time guests uh, attend our church in the last five years. 250 adults are actively serving uh, on a ministry team and giving back uh, to the kingdom of God. We've seen 110 people uh, declare their faith through water baptisms, and 94 children have been dedicated to the Lord here at Adventure Church. And it's just amazing to see all that God has done, but to know that there is still more, that God has a plan, uh, that it's just getting started, that here we are barely just scratching the surface of all that God has planned for us. And so uh, we, we celebrate what he's done, but we press on to take hold of what he has for us that's yet to come, that God's continuing to bring people, new people in every week. And until everyone uh, in our community knows Jesus, we're never going to stop. Amen? Amen. Also today, we want to recognize uh, this is National Church Planning Sunday within uh, the network that helped plant Adventure Church. And uh, there's 60 churches uh, across the nation that are going to be started today. Uh, with Adventure Church. Uh, one of those is our very own uh, Jake and Jackie Worth, who are launching today in Milwaukee, Wisconsin, and Brave Church uh, is, will be launching here in just about an hour. They start at 1030 uh, Central Time today. And then another church right here in our own community, Ethos Church uh, in Lewis Center on the south end of town. I've gotten to meet uh, their pastor, and I, I always want to make sure that we recognize that it's not just about our church, it's about the church, that God is much bigger than just our church, that he has a, a, a focus and a mission all across this world, and so we celebrate uh, with Ethos and Jordan and his team today that are launching our community as we all link arms together to get the message, the good news out about Jesus. And in fact, would you uh, mind just pausing for just a moment and praying with me today for all these churches that are starting, that God would just be with them. Lord, we thank you for uh, all the churches today across our nation that are going to be birthed, that are going to be started. We know that you have an amazing plan, that you are going to use them to make an impact for your kingdom in ways that we can't even begin to imagine. And we pray specifically for Jake and Jackie and Brave Church and their team today and for Ethos Church and Jordan and their team. God, that you would be with them as they launch today. God, that they would continue to reach people with your amazing message. And it's in your name we pray. Everybody said amen.
Amen. Well, we're in a series today. I want to welcome those of you who join us online, wherever you're tuning in at today, uh, that we've been calling How We Roll, all right? That this is How We Roll at Adventure Church, and we're not saying that we've figured out the best way to do church. We're just saying this is our way to do church. But in any organization, no matter how big or small, it's made up of beliefs, right? And so we have beliefs that kind of make us who we are, that we have a mission of helping people who are far from God discover a new life in Christ, and then we have beliefs or values that help us accomplish that and that's what we're talking about in this series but if those beliefs don't change the way that we behave uh, that's not going to impact our culture and so beliefs are great but until they become behavior they won't impact culture and what we're trying to do is create a culture here at Adventure Church that welcomes people that loves people and shows them the plan that God has for their life and so we've been saying we got to get these beliefs just from a concept in our head to a conviction in our heart and when we all begin to behave the way that God has called us to believe, we will make an impact for his kingdom. And this goes true for any business, any family, anything, that your beliefs have to impact your behavior. And James said, you can't just be hearers of God's word, hearers of what you believe. You have to put action behind what you believe and become doers of God's word. So again, we're looking at this series, how we roll. And our prayer is, is that, and we've worked really hard to create a place that everybody can roll with us. No matter where you come from, no matter what you're going through, there's a seat for you here at Adventure Church. And if you want to believe with us, man, our prayers that will impact the way that you behave. And we will continue to press on in the mission that God has for us. So today as we dive in, we're going to start with this idea. And really kind of the premise for this whole value is this. Is that eternity is a reality for everybody. Okay? Eternity is a reality that we all are going to face no matter what, that everybody spends eternity somewhere. And that that's why we believe that everyone, including you, can reach someone and impact their eternity. In Hebrews 9, 27, it says this, and just as each person is destined to die, are you encouraged already this morning? You die once, but then after that, there's another life. After that, we will stand before God And be judged for how we've lived. And those who are in Christ will be judged with his grace, with his mercy. We are righteous in him, not in and of ourselves, but that we will all be judged. But those who are not in Christ will be judged as well. And the Bible says if we are not in Christ, that we will spend eternity away from him. And, and, you know, it's not always fun to talk about hell, but it is a reality that we all have to face. That if you die and not in relationship with Jesus Christ, not covered by his sacrifice, that you will spend eternity away from God. Eternity. Eternity is a reality for everybody. That's why we believe that everyone can reach someone and that all of us have been called by God to live our lives in a way that we get his message out because eternity is a reality. You see, we believe the church isn't a building. It's not an institution. It's a movement. It's something that happens. And today, and with these values and this, with this series, we're saying is, is we need you to move with us. God needs you to move with him to accomplish his mission in the world. And here at Adventure Church, God has been blessing our church. He's been giving us influence in our community, and we have a responsibility to steward that in a way that ultimately brings the greatest impact to his kingdom. You see, we can never become a church for church people. We can never allow that to happen. And that is what happens as church grow bigger. They get full of church people. And we like church to be a certain way for church people. 
And so here we always have to make sure that we stay on mission, that we keep reaching unchurched people, that we continue to be a place for those who are far from God can come in and find him. So we have a strategy, again, that a belief, that then a behavior that has to impact you in the way you live. And that strategy is this, is that all of us at Adventure Church will be people who invest and invite in others. That we will invest in others and invite them to be a part of what God is doing. And here's my promise to you and a strong conviction that I hold on to every week. Here at Adventure Church, we do our very best, and I promise that as you invite people, that as they come in through these doors, that we will be ready for them. That we'll be ready for them. That there'll be people to greet them and love on them and welcome them and embrace them. And they're going to be put in an environment where they can connect with God and in, in, in each other. And that they'll hear a message. And every week we will extend an invitation for them. Because you're not bringing them here to meet me. You're bringing them here to meet Jesus. Because as we just sang, Jesus can change everything for someone's life. We believe that. And so that belief causes us to move. And so we will always be a place that will be ready for the person that you bring, that you invite who doesn't know Jesus. In Galatians 6, 9, the Apostle Paul says this, so let us not get tired of doing what is good. Look at your neighbor and say good. Doing what is good, right? At just the right time, we will reap a harvest of blessing if we don't give up. Don't become weary in doing what is good. Don't become weary in doing the right thing. Don't become weary in loving other people. He says, because if you, if you keep on mission, you will reap a harvest of blessing. We will see God move if we continue to do that. And listen, I understand how it can become, you can become weary in doing good. I watch the news. I see what's going on. I see the divide in our communities. I see what's happening in, in families. And, and unfortunately, with the, the job I have, I often get a front row view of of the tragedies of people's lives and the problems of people's lives and the pain that being a part of this world causes. And what Paul is saying here is we can never allow that, the weariness, the the struggle of doing the right thing to cause us to give up. He goes on, he says, therefore, whenever we have the opportunity, and that word opportunity in the Greek just means time. Whenever you have time to do good, that we should do good to everyone especially to those who are in our family of faith, that we are to do good to everyone in spite of the fact that there are problems and issues in this world that we can't solve or resolve. Paul says, don't give up. We are still responsible to do good for someone. You see, when I grew up, I don't know about you, but my mother, when it came to Christmas presents, made sure that my parents spent the exact same amount on every kid. Anybody else, right? Like literally, you'd get your presents and then I'd have like a pack of gum and a Snickers bar and I'd be like, what's this? She's like, well, I spent 75 more cents on your sister, so you know, that's all I could get for 75 cents, man. But I know you like Snickers and gum, so Merry Christmas. Right? It was just one of those things that we kind of grow up in this culture and in this world where it's like, we have to be fair. We tell ourselves this, well, if I let you do it, I gotta let everyone do it. If, if I give this to you, then I have to give this to them, right? I gotta give this to everybody. And, and maybe you've grown up hearing that from teachers and parents and coaches, whatever it is, that we have to be fair. 
Well, in light of this strategy that we have of investing and inviting, I want to propose to you an idea that, that maybe takes some of the pressure off for you, but also puts some pressure on you. And it's this. Why don't we all in here do for one what we wish we could do for everyone? What if we just did for one person? You see, our core value here that we have is that everyone can reach someone. And what if all of us in here took on this idea? You go, you know, I can't do this for everybody, but you know what? I can do for one what I wish I could do for everyone. You see, and what Paul is encouraging us here is that no matter what's going on in your world, no matter where you're coming from, no matter what issues you personally have, you can't run from the fact that God wants to use you to make a difference in someone's life. And you can't run and hide from the fact that you can make a difference in one person's life. You may not be able to make a difference in your entire neighborhood. You may not be able to spread the gospel to everyone in your neighborhood, but you can definitely do it for one person. You can definitely reach out to just one family and say, you know what? I'm going to make sure that I don't allow this idea that i got to be fair to everyone to prevent me from doing for one what I wish I could do for everyone. You see, and my prayer is, is that God would impress on our hearts, on each person in here, this belief that you can reach someone, that God wants to use you to reach someone, and that you will do it For them, you maybe not do it for everyone, but you'll do it for them and you will not stop doing for them until they have an opportunity to meet Jesus, to be impacted. In 1 Corinthians 10, 33, Paul was writing to another church and he said this, I too try to please everyone in everything. Here's that word everyone again, in everything to do. So he's saying, I try to please everyone and I don't do what's just best for me. I do what's best for others for this purpose, that they may be saved. Paul's saying, I have been saved. God has changed my life. Listen, and if God has saved you because eternity is a reality, that your eternal destination has been changed, Paul is saying that that should compel you to do for someone else what God has done for you, to invest in someone's life. And so how do we do that? How do we invest in our one person? I'm gonna give you Three things today that I believe will help you invest in your one. First is this, go deep rather than wide. Be willing to go deep rather than wide. You see, wide is easier, deep is difficult. You see, it's easier to give a lot to a little. A 20 here, a 20 there, a 50 here, a 100 there, a little bit of time here, a little bit of time there. It's easier to do that, but when you think about it, when you spread yourself out, it really doesn't do a lot of good. And so if we can focus in and go, you know what, I'm going to be willing to invest myself relationally, emotionally, financially into one person, I'm gonna have to go deep rather than wide. If you do that, you maximize your impact. Second thing, be willing to go long-term and not just short-term. Listen, to really make an impact in someone's life, you're gonna have to be willing to commit long-term. Right now, we just started a brand new school year, and all the parents said, amen. We're thankful for that. And here we are, really, annually for our church. This is the time of year when kind of our busy season 
begins to take off. All of you are coming back from vacation and spending time away and traveling and, you know, it's going to get colder soon and you won't have sports to take your kids to and all that stuff. So everybody, so this is kind of like our year beginning again. And so what I'm asking you to do is for the next year, at least, maybe longer, to say, you know what, I'm going to be willing to go long term with someone. I'm not just going to invite them once. And I know how that is. You're like, Kyle, you know, we checked in on Facebook and we, you know, sent an invite and, you know, they were busy and they didn't come. And so, you know what, planted the seed. Now it's God's opportunity to water it and make it grow. (laughs) No, that you call them again. And the next time there's something that you go, hey, you should come. And maybe you're not even inviting them to church. You're saying, why don't you come over to my house? Why don't you come to my life group? Hey, can I take you to lunch? Can I talk with you? Can I stay a little bit later at work today and chat with you about something? I don't know what it is, but you say, I'm going to be willing to go long term. And if we all do that, if we make a commitment of time over time, we will see God do amazing things. And you have to change your mindset with people. Listen, God didn't fix you quickly. He's not going to fix them quickly. There's no thing such a quick fix when it comes to people. It takes time. It takes an investment. So we're willing to go deep rather than wide, long-term, not just short-term, and we're willing to go time and not just money. In our community, we live in a very fluent area, so many of you have access to resources and you have extra resources, meaning all of your money doesn't go just to pay your expenses and your bills, that you have the ability to do extra. And so sometimes when we have extra, it's easier just to write a check than it is to go and give our time. And I'm just telling you, if you really want to make a difference for God personally, look, you can fund God's mission all over the world. You can fund it through our church. You can give to other nonprofits and you can make an impact with your resources. I will, that is a very real way to make an impact. But God wants to make an impact with more than your finances. He wants to use your life to make an impact. And I promise you, there's nothing more fulfilling in this world when you know that God used you to make a difference in someone else's life. But you're going to have to be willing to go time and not just money. It's going to take both of those things. And so what I'm asking all of us to do as a church for this belief, how we rolled Adventure Church, that everyone can reach someone, that all of us move this from just a concept in our head that looks good on the wall and is a nice saying for our website, but this becomes a conviction in our heart. Where God impresses someone on your heart, someone's a family, a couple, a person, I don't know who it is. I don't care how old you are. I don't care if you're in middle school or if you're in your retirement years. I'm telling you that if you will live your life with intentionality, God will use it to make a difference. And Paul is saying that you have a responsibility as a Christ follower to do good with the time that God has given you. And just imagine for a second, If all of us in this room did that, if all of us were willing to be intentional with our life, the impact that we could have, the difference that we could make, and so you've got to be willing to invest, and then this is what we're asking from you and what we've always asked of you is that you then be brave with your invitations, that you get courageous with your invites. This is what, again, keeps us from drifting off of mission and becoming a church full of church people. That we're always, you, are inviting people to join us at Adventure Church. And I know that it's challenging for some of you. I know that 
It takes bravery and courage for you to step out of the box. And for me, I'm always inviting people to church. And you go, well, that's easy for you. This is kind of your job, man. Like, that's what you get paid to do, right? But think about it from my perspective. Hey, you should come to my church and hear me talk. (laughs) Come listen to me. I'd love to tell you how to live your life. (laughs) Right? It's intimidating for me, too. But I know this, that some of you are here because I invited you. And what happens is, is that you get here and it's really not even about me. It's not even about what I say. I love that when people go, man, I don't even remember what was said, but all I know is that I sent something different. It wasn't anything to do with your message. It was the presence of God that I sensed and that I felt, and I didn't know what was really going on, but I came, and now God is doing something unique in my life, and that an invitation can change everything. It can change everything for someone's life, and we, we talked about this in week one of the series, but I think it's worth mentioning again. In John chapter one, Jesus is recruiting his team. He's building his team and he's recruiting his disciples and he calls Andrew and he says, come and follow me. And so Andrew comes and he begins to follow him and he goes, well, wait a second, Jesus, I need to go tell my brother about what's happening here. And so he goes back and gets his brother Simon and he brings Simon to Jesus. And he goes, hey, Simon, you gotta come. I think this is the guy that, John was talking about that this, the Messiah is, is, is here. Will you come? And so Simon comes, and then Simon meets Jesus. And Jesus says, you're no longer Simon, you're Peter. And you're going to be the guy that I build my church upon. And Peter was the one who stood up on the day of Pentecost after Jesus left this world, sent his Holy Spirit, and stands up and preaches the first sermon And 3,000 people get saved. And the church, which we are a part of today, was birthed and born. That church plant started over 2,000 years ago. And here it is today all over the world. An invite can change everything for someone. Because you're not inviting them to see me. You're inviting them to meet Jesus. And Jesus can change everything in a moment for someone's life. And you never know who the next Peter would be for the kingdom of God. You never know what God is going to do with that invite to make a difference in someone's life. And you may go, well, listen, Kyle, I just, I'm no theologian. Look, I got my own issues and baggage. I just don't think I'm in any position to be inviting people or sharing the gospel. I don't really think I'm qualified. I don't really think that I'm in that place yet. And I'm just telling you, listen, Andrew, I don't even know if he was saved yet. He just met Jesus and immediately went, I think this is the place. I think this is the guy. And he went and got him. He didn't, wasn't qualified. He didn't know anything. He just said this, hey, Simon, come and see with me. That's all we're asking you to do. That's all God is asking you to do, that you invest. Because listen, you have to build a relationship for someone to show up here. They're not just going to come. You know, I hand out invitations all the time and God uses them. But I'm telling you, when you invest in that person, We're going to do our best that when you get them here, God is going to do something, but you have to relationally invest before you can really make the impact because people don't care what you know until they know that you care. And that's what they need to know. You care about me. There's something different. And all you have to do is say, come and see. I don't know what will happen, but all I know is I showed up one day 
Because once upon a time, you were unchurched too. And someone invited you. And yeah, some of you got a mailer or you did this, but the majority of you are here because someone told you about it. Because someone invited you. And you showed up and you didn't know what to expect. And you came in and you thought I was being rude because while the band was singing, that one guy had a question and we never acknowledged that he had his hand raised. And then this lady over here had two questions. And we never even asked what they wanted, right? Because you came from a background where you didn't even know what raising hands met in worship. And you thought, well, that's weird. But you stayed. And you continued to be here. And after church, you asked your kids, hey, kids, did you like it? And they said, yes. And then the next week, you weren't going to come back, but your kids were like, I want to go to church. And so your kids brought you back and over time you got committed and you began to learn what it meant to worship and you began to learn what it meant to serve God and now you're serving God and your marriage is better for it and your family's better for it and and then you went through something difficult and you had a church family that came around you and supported you and you go I don't know what I would do if it wasn't for that church you see there's people in your neighborhood there's people that sit across from you at work There's people that you interact with that God has given you influence with. And he's saying, will you use that influence for me? You see, we always say this, invite everyone. You can invite everyone all the time, but man, invest in one. Just go after one. And for the next year, if we all do that, and I promise you this, every time we're not gonna be perfect, there's gonna be times where things don't go right. This morning, I'm just telling you, things weren't going right. Lights weren't working, videos, songs weren't playing right. It's just the way it goes sometimes, but I promise you this. We will do our very best to create an environment where they come in, they'll feel welcomed, walls will come down, and every week, regardless of what topic we're speaking on, we will give them an invitation to meet the one who can change everything for them. An invite can change someone's life. God's mission in this world is dependent upon you and me. And we can't get away from that. We can't pass that responsibility on to someone else because everyone can reach someone. And if you would be willing to do for one what you wish you could do for everyone, if we all did that, the kingdom of God would be advanced in a way that this world had never seen. But it takes all of us being willing to go all in for our one. The band's coming. We're going to close out. And I want to give you this final scripture that Paul is teaching. And again, this church in Galatia, and he's teaching these people, and he's talking to Jewish people who had all these laws, 600 and some laws that they were trying to follow to please God. How many of you are thankful that that old system is gone? Amen. It's not about the law anymore. But if you had been raised in that, you would divert back to it. You would go, oh, well, I know God set us free from this, but I still think that, you know, we, we got to do this and we got to do that. And those people are different than me and they don't worship like me. And the law said this. And so Paul was trying to get their focus off of that. And so he says this. He says, you have been called. You've, you've met God You've been called to live in freedom, my brothers and sisters. You can be free now. You are righteous in God because of Jesus, not because of what you can do. But it said this, but he compels them. He goes, so don't use your freedom to satisfy your sinful nature. 
What he's saying is don't use your freedom for you. Instead, use your freedom to serve one another in love. And he says this, all those laws that you guys are trying to figure out and work out, he goes, listen, it can all be summed up with this one statement right here. Love your neighbor as yourself. Do for someone else what someone did for you. And use your freedom to make an impact, not just for your world and your life and your kids and their future. No, no, no. You see, we don't live like that because this earth, this vapor, this mist of a life that we get, it's nothing when it comes to eternity. And eternity, it's a reality for everybody. You see, I don't care who you are. I don't care what issues you have. You can reach someone. You can do for one what you wish you could do for everyone. You can't pass it off to someone else. It's your responsibility. Paul says, you have been set free. Your eternal destination has been changed. Can't you see that there's people around you all the time? That God has given you influence. You didn't move into that neighborhood by accident. You didn't get that house when 10 other people wanted to because it was an accident. No, God put you there and he put you there because of that neighbor that you don't like that he wants you to reach. You didn't get into that job by chance. God is orchestrating your life. He's setting you up. He wants to use you. But if we don't get our focus on eternity and where it needs to be, we'll miss the chance to really make a difference in this world. It is appointed on demand once to die, and we will all face judgment. Those who are in Christ, we will face a different judgment than those who are not. And God will look at every one of his kids, and he said, what did you do with what I gave you? And it says all the material stuff, it'll be burned in the fire, it won't matter. And only what you did for the kingdom of God will matter for eternity. So why would we waste any more time investing in this world when God has purposed you to live for another one. It's a reality for everyone. And I don't know about you. It's why I do what I do. Because I believe there's no greater impact I could ever make with my life than to point people to Jesus. It'll change their eternity. But Jesus said it'll change their life here and now. He came to give us life and life to the full. He came to give what only he could give, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, love, self-control. That's what he came to give us. And if you would live your life on purpose, for a purpose, greater than you, you too can be a part of making a difference in this world. You see, you've been set free. You've been saved from something, but I'm telling you, you've been saved for something. You've been chosen by God. He chose you. And I don't care what issues you have. He can still use you. Because it's not you. It's Christ in you. This world is dark. But if each one of us just shined a little bit of light. If each one of us just gave a little bit of kindness. If each one of us shared a little bit of the love that God has given us. I believe that the light could overcome the darkness. Call me an optimist. Call me someone whose dreams are too big. But I believe this place can be that place in this community. I believe Adventure Church people 
if they'll simply do for one what they could wish they could do for everyone, that we'll push back the kingdom of darkness in our world and we'll make a difference for God. You can make a difference in someone's life. And you will. If you'll move in God's direction and allow him to do it through you. Would you stand with me today? We're going to sing this song. and I just want to encourage you today as we sing this to maybe think about that one for you. Some of you, you already know who it is. You've already been working on them. And listen, we're a church of people who have already bought into this. Many of you, I want to say thank you for investing in people and inviting people to come and see what God is doing to create a place for them to connect and to worship. And so today I want you, for some of you go, I don't really know, I'm not sure. Just say, God, who is that person? Impress them upon my heart and God help me to see them the way you see them. Help me be willing to go long-term with them. Help me be willing to go deep with them. Help me to be willing to go time with them. Father, we love you. We thank you for what you did for us. We thank you for your mercy that enables sinners like me to preach your gospel, that enables all of us to make a difference for your kingdom if we would choose to do so. And so today, God, I pray that you would move in our hearts, that we would be convicted in such a way that we would move, God, that this would move us to action in the way we live, and God, that you would use our lives to make a difference for your kingdom. In Jesus' name.